Hey everybody, welcome to the Transformation Code podcast. My name is Tommy Gentleman and once again we are here, I say we because I am one half of this podcast, the other half being the amazing Kat Miller. Kat, how are you doing? Hey, good. How are you doing, Tommy? Yeah, I'm really good and I'm really excited about this podcast today because we're going to be talking about pimping your training. Now I've got this kind of, um, I've, I've got a theory myself and, and a few things that I want to add to this podcast today, but I've also got a concept that I think would be quite cool. And it's got this really kind of fun concept in mind, which I'll explain in a second. But for now, Kat, do you want to just kind of tell everybody that's listening, you know, why, why should we pimp our training? Yeah. Why pimp your training? So firstly, when it comes to training, there are two common problems that I see when it comes to lack of results or lack of transformation. So for some people, it's getting stuck in the same routines for way too long. So they come in the gym and they do the same thing day after day. I used to see this a lot in the gym. People would have their program and they'd have it for months and months on end. Mm-hmm. And they would do the same thing and their body didn't change. Um, and then for other people, it's actually the opposite. It's too much change so too much what we call program hopping um, and not actually making consistent progress so let's look at each firstly let's be honest we as a human race are creatures of habit most of us don't particularly like to change Uh, we have our favorite exercises we have our favorite ways of doing things our favorite uh, kind of times of of day we like to train and the way we like to train so it's part of one of our fundamental human needs, which is the need for certainty, you know, that, that habit, that routine that we like. And then on the other hand, most of us have short attention spans. So we like kind of the latest thing, the new shiny objects, the, mm. um, the, the latest magazine workouts. So we're looking often for the next best thing or even for, you know, this might be the magic program that's going to, you know, this is going to be the one, the one I've been waiting for. So there's, um, there's challenges to each. So firstly, while it's important to tra- um, change your program regularly, sometimes we um, change things too often, and this can lead to throwing away old things that actually are working. Yeah. And uh, you've heard that saying, um, uh, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And this can apply in this case. Like some of these old things could be things that are working well. So we don't want that. But also, we shouldn't be jumping from one program to the next in search of like an, an ultimate routine that's going to work unrealistically fast because that doesn't exist either. So we, we've got to find a balance somehow between between these two things. What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like having we've talked about the bigger picture before about having like a long term journey, a long term goal in mind, and it's. And it's almost like you have to break that up and, and we call it periodization in the industry, going through a certain program for a certain amount of time, but making sure that you get the most out of it, that you squeeze all the juice out of that program before you change it. And it's knowing when it needs to change also. Um, but you're right. People go from one thing to the next. You see the infomercials on TV or you hear about the latest craze that comes out on a magazine or a celebrity in a DVD or endorsement. And people will follow that because they see it as the the way that they're going to get their magic bullet or their you know their magic pill or their um, their goal quickly. 
And it might be that the program they're currently on is actually the one that's going to take them there. Um, but you know, I, th- I think of um, pimping your training and, and kind of you know the, the the vision that comes to my mind is is you know like that old show that used to be on MTV, Pimp My Ride. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like you go you go in with this banger of a car and you come out with like a car that has everything. And I've often thought about what would happen if if my friends and family surprised me, you know, and I, and I went on Pimp My Ride. I would um, come out with like a, in the boot, you know, in the trunk, there'd be a blender, there'd be like a fridge where I can put like my fruit and, and supplements and I'd be able to blend it up there in, you know, in my boot of my car. So I finish my workout, go into the, into the car park, flip the hood, be in, in the back of the trunk, you know, making some, some power shake and uh, have, have big speakers and everything else, getting, getting ready for my workout, you know, turning up to the gym with this music pumping. Um, but, but unfortunately the show's finished now, so it's going to be a few years until I be able to do that myself. But anyway, the vision comes to mind of, you know, having, having you and your, your body and, and you know how on the show, the cars turn up and they look all old and, and rusty and, and banged up. It's almost like you're, you're there in the gym and you've got a couple of holes in your, in your vest and you, you know, you've got odd socks on, maybe your shoelaces aren't up, you know, done up properly, or maybe you've got odd shoes on. I don't know. Um, but you're looking a little bit worn and a little bit bored of your program and it's time to jazz things up a bit. It's time to get a new flavor, get a new sense of achievement. And Hey, you've got to kind of know when that is. So we're going to address these points here, but, um, first and foremost, I kind of feel like we need to pay homage to, you know, this whole pimp my ride thing. Nice. Uh, I have something planned that I'm, I'm, I haven't told you about, which, I, which I'm going to do right now. And um, hopefully, you know, it's going to kind of set the scene a little bit with this whole pimping thing. Oh, sounds good. All right, so I'm just going to leave the room. I've got someone here that I've actually found uh, the guy that used to host the uh, Pimp My Ride program. <laughs> he's coming in to do us a favor today. All right, so just bear with him because he's going to help us out and set the scene a little bit, okay? So we've talked about why pimp, why pimp your training, just so that he knows what he's setting up. What's the next thing we're going to talk about today? Uh, we're going to talk about three reasons you should change your workouts. Awesome. Right. Let me just hand you over now and, and, and we'll get that sorted. Okay. What's up? Welcome to the body edition of Pimp My Training. Now I'm coming down here to do my man Tommy G a favor. I'm telling you about three reasons to change your workout routine. Get your body all shiny and new. Get those abs pumping. So, without further ado, I'm going to hand back over to Cat Miller, who's going to tell you how we can get these three reasons to change your workout routine, yo. <laughs> Oh, he's, he's just left. I, thanks. See, yeah, I'll see you. Um, I'll see you next time. Yeah, well, I'll say say hi. Say, he did well flying him yeah. over. Well, he's he's gone. I've just watched him leave, and he's now go, going probably going back to America to go and change more cars. Well, see, listeners, we spare no expense on the transformation code to um, to help you remember these episodes. Absolutely. So, hey, hey. Well, now that he's gone. It's bit calmer here should we go through the um through those three reasons all right let's get our shiny bodies going <laughs> so we're going to talk about how to change your workout routine 
uh, so we can go to the next level in, in our body. I feel rather serious after all that now. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was really good. I was so not expecting it. That was awesome. Um, okay, let's go through it. So three reasons to change your workout routine. So we don't want to just randomly change it for no reason. We want to change it purposefully. And like you said, like periodize our plan uh, in the big picture, not just in the, in the oh, I'm bored today and and just do it randomly and sporadically. So firstly, a good reason to change your workout routine is if what you're doing stops working for an extended period of time. So this is really the number one and the most obvious reason to change your workout routine in some way. When it's when it stops doing what it's supposed to do or when you stop um, progressing or seeing a result, then then you can move on and change your, your program. Uh, so that, that's the main one. Number two is if your goals change. So if your primary goal is always strength-related, for example, you wanted to up your bench press or achieve a certain um, number of reps on a, on a certain lift, and then now your primary goal has switched to, for example, building muscle or losing fat or increasing your fitness, for example, um, your program needs to change to reflect the changes in your goals. Mm-hmm. We can't be we can't be tackling them all at the same time, expecting that we're going to achieve ultimate results in all of the different areas. And then the last one is if you get really bored. Like I'm not talking like oh I do it a couple of times and I'm bored now. I saw this girl the other day. She just said like maybe five little um, half rips on the tricep push down cable machine, yeah, cable rope, yep. and then she'd walk over and do a little bit of that and then she'd check her phone for about 10 minutes and then uh, oh, a little bit bored. <laughs> Have you seen those ones? Yeah, they're, they're the uh, the people, um, they follow the rule, no, no squatting in the Instagram rack. <laughs> and they've got they've got really lean thumbs. Very lean thumbs. They get a, a massive workout. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm not talking about getting bored. Oh, I'm bored with the gym now. You know, I'm going to jump on a bike and text. I'm talking about if you, you're consistently doing something and, and you've done it, you know, over and over and over and you're just getting really bored with it. And if that's uh, basically like your motivation is suffering, then it's time to change something to basically bring your, your mojo back. Yeah. So those are the three, three reasons I believe to change. Have you got any other thoughts on that? No, I mean, uh, I've just I just scribbled some stuff down there while you were speaking um, about those those things there, and and I think you know at, at the end of the day we all want a positive result out of our training, and a lot of the time if we're if we're doing a program we are purpose driven, so we we know that we're doing it for a particular reason, and um, we'll touch on this a little bit more because I'm going to talk in a sec about you know how we can apply this process, but um, I think that that you're, you're bang on with the reasons that people start to tail off. So I'm interested to see what we can do here today to talk about this in more detail to uh, really help people out with their feeling this way. Oh, great. Yeah, cool. Let's, um, let's go into basically what is pimping your training. Yeah, let's like do what, is, what does that mean? Because um, that's important. Uh, it's not just getting <laughs> your new shiny body, um, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's purposeful. So, number one, um, pimping your training, I believe, is taking you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And I went to a great course today, actually. It was a business course, but he was talking about how there's no growth within a comfort zone. Uh, what did he say? It's like the, the comfort zone is safe but not exciting. 
something mm-hmm. like that. It was talking about uh, how growth happens on the other side, and and it's such an obvious principle when it comes to fitness and getting stronger and putting on muscle, etc. Uh, we might we might maintain within the comfort zone. We might just kind of get by and stay the same, but we certainly um, won't achieve much growth. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And number two, um, which we've talked about, is is giving your brain a change. So giving your brain a bit of variety, which we all need. Two of the the six human needs, variety is one of them, and growth is another one. So we have to change things up or we will uh, get bored and our motivation can suffer. And then number three is taking you to the next level, which is really, I think, what we want to focus on tonight or today, where you are. And... It's about optimization Mm. of your training. It's about efficiency. Uh, So not just kind of going through the motions, but how can we make our our workouts more efficient and also more effective. So optimization, efficiency, and and effectiveness. It's about looking at every area of your training and thinking about how you can improve each area. Because I don't know about you, Tommy, but I tend to favor certain areas over others. Like I'm really passionate about optimizing one area, but like for example flexibility is not something that I particularly enjoy spending a lot of time on so that's an area that I need to improve on and it's an area for me where I need to book into yoga classes or Pilates classes and and have that definite like weekly commitment otherwise it tends to suffer a little bit yeah yeah I can relate to that and it's interesting you say about spending your time on on that that area of your of your fitness or your goals because um, I was thinking exactly the same thing. Like I was just now, as you were talking, thinking about how I, I have like an, an amount of time that I'm willing to give to my training or to my physical change or transformation, however you want to call it, whatever you want to call it. And there's always like, I guess almost, it feels almost like a 10% uh, buffer. And that 10% buffer of, of time and energy and effort, I will shine that torch on different things for a few weeks at a time. So, for example, if relating to what you said there, I wanted to improve my flexibility, then that extra bit of time, you know, aside from the fundamentals that I would be doing anyway, you know, aside from the four or five weights workouts and the sports and everything else, that little bit extra time I would spend on stretching, you know, for that current program, whatever it might be. Um, If I wanted to improve my arm size, then I would focus on triceps and biceps for that, you know, that extra 10%. So um, that's kind of how I was thinking about it in my head as you were talking there. Mm. Yeah, that's a cool way to look at it. Look at how you're dividing your time. Mm. Um, yeah, the the 80-20 rule can be a good one as well in terms of 20% of what we do potentially could give us 80% of our results. So focusing on the, the best exercises that we can do for the majority of the time and then 20% of the time, you know, maybe bringing up some of our lagging areas, for example. Yes, I, yeah. I know when I was um, training in, in the gym, uh with a training partner last year, we had a lag day, what we called a lag day, and we just had a day on lagging body parts yeah. once a week, and we just kind of, yeah. That's cool, and that's very... Like, really get in the core with the stuff. That's very um, kind of... Sorry, I think we had a delay there. Yeah, we, we had a lag. We had a lag right there. Um, <laughs> it's uh, almost like... Um, <laughs> 
a, a bodybuilding approach, isn't it? You know, you can really relate that to bodybuilding. You know, a lot of the stuff that, that Arnold said um, or says now yeah, about, you know, making sure that, that you're in perfect symmetry and alignment and that there's no muscle group that is more um, defined or in shape than, than another muscle group, making sure that you find that, that um, equilibrium across your whole body. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great um, point because it's, this is great for symmetry and I work with people that compete. So they have to be, you know, left to right, even top and bottom, even, you know, you don't want to have massive arms and then smaller legs, etc. But also for function, you know, it's not just to look good, but if we're not working on those weaker areas, we're actually detraining often. And yeah. this is very common in gyms. People think they're improving, but actually they're making their body worse by some of the training they're doing. For example, they sit all day yeah. at a desk in triple flexion, meaning their, their knee joints bend, their hip, hips are bent, and their elbow and sh- shoulders you know, are kind of forward and bent. We're in this, this posture all day, and then we go to the gym and sit on a bike in that position <laughs> again. And... If people aren't focusing on on extension and and extending the spine and uh, doing some good glute work and lower back work and things like that, they're often making their body worse by going to the gym. And especially if they're um, working, you know, the amount of time that we spend on devices these days and forward, you know, internal rotation of our shoulder and then getting to the gym and doing a whole lot of bench pressing, that is making our posture worse and worse so yeah that's that's really important to bring in here as well yeah and and also uh, strength levels as well you know talk about physical appearance talk about functionality but also strength levels i mean if you if you're into your strength training then you will be aware of the fact that there are almost like rules of engagement or percentages that you i.e. Um, ideally should be lifting, you know, as opposed to comparison of your body weight and comparison of those other lifts. For example, a deadlift should be more than your squat. A squat should be more than your bench press. However, those three things don't always fall in that order for people because of the way that we train. Sometimes, like you said, people will train a lot of bench press, a lot of chest, a lot of arms, a lot of shoulders, a lot of upper body, perhaps neglect the, uh, the legs so much, and especially miss out on the fact that they need to move functionally. So using squats, they'll do a lot of leg extension or leg curl, you know, machine-based workouts. So when it actually comes to doing a squat, they'll find that they actually perhaps squat less than their bench press. Sounds strange because you look at the surface area of the legs, it takes up half your body. You know, it's very, uh, it's, it's almost silly to think that the legs wouldn't be able to lift as much as that chest and arms movement would. But it's very common. It is common. Do you find that, cat? Yeah, it's really common, and if people don't get get professionals to help them, why would they know that? You know, there, there's all these different things that are important, but uh, if people don't kind of seek professional help and get experts to to point some of these things out, uh, they can be doing themselves an injustice over the years. And then you imagine the rep after rep after rep, you know, doing things the wrong way when it comes to technique, and as well as the way they set up their program. That, that has a real compounding snowball effect over time that can cause injury, it can cause um, lack of results, all sorts of problems. So, yeah, yeah it, is a, it is important to, to know what you're doing. It's your body. We only have one. I have a question for you, Kat. It would be interesting to know your opinion on this one. So, 
imagine this. A guy's been training in the gym for a couple of years. When he started out, he wasn't quite in sync with how you should train. So, you know, he just wanted to feel good about himself. And for him to feel good about himself, it was focusing on his upper body. Yeah. He trained a lot of upper body, got his bench press to a, a weight that was respectable, perhaps in the gym. And that means quite a lot for guys. Um, when you think about comparing yourselves to other people's strengths and that kind of thing. Um, the, the leg exercises, due to not training in a functional manner and due to strength imbalances, squat and deadlift really struggling. Okay, so not even as much as the bench press. So w- what would you say to, this, to someone in this situation? Would you recommend that they hold back on further improving their upper body strength, work on the lower body to get things in sync, at the risk of losing some strength in the upper body? Or would you say, keep that and focus a little bit, just a little bit more on the legs, but expecting a longer time for it to change? Yeah, it would all come down to the conversation with the person, what they're really wanting. Um, it would come down to the relationship. You know, if I had just met this person and I said, you've got to stop it, you know, you've got to stop your chest work. It's probably not going to happen. So we've got to balance optimal with realistic as well uh, and, and the type of person we're talking to. I, I wouldn't suggest that they stop upper body altogether because they probably love it and it's, it's probably better than a lot of things they could be doing in terms of uh, they're in the gym, they're motivated. Yep. And, and the, the fact is if you start doing proper squats and deadlifts, you're going to be so sore you can't. You know, on those rest days where you've got such bad doms and you can barely walk, you probably want to get in the gym, flush out some, you know, do an upper body workout and at least keep moving and keep the habit of going to the gym. Um, And, yeah, just just bring it in coinciding. That's what I would personally recommend. But, again, it just comes down to the person and and what their goals are and what they're willing to do and not do. Sure. So what... What you're saying is there that it kind of really does depend on the individual. Yeah, it, I, I think everything depends on the individual. However, I would, uh, if I had a good relationship with a person, I would use some education. I'd talk to them about um, increasing their testosterone through doing, you know, bigger lifts like squats and deadlifts. Uh, about symmetry. About yeah, if they're going for a certain look, uh, I, I don't know. People are after different looks, but most. You know, if they're doing it to impress people, I find most people uh, appreciate more of a symmetrical, even look yeah. than a massive upper body and, and, you know, no leg muscles, if that's what, what they're training for. Sure. Now, we've got some questions that we can ask that can help the individual goal uh, align with what we're saying here, for, for example. Um, before we do that, just quickly what you said there about increasing testosterone through doing big lifts like squats and, and such ultimately by squatting by doing deadlifts by using lots of muscles and doing big lifts in those big compound exercises you can actually speed up the growth process of your upper body it's pretty crazy eh? It's yeah some, some good research on it because it increases the amount of testosterone due to the surface area of those muscles being so large the body has to produce more because it's thinking right i've got these big muscles here that need to be able to cope with this so it introduces more of that hormone into your system and that's going to benefit your upper body training. So in other words, you know, guys and girls that are listening that, that are training in this way, you'll get more results faster through your arms, through your shoulders, through your chest if you're using every muscle in your body, i.e. doing big lifts with your legs also. 
Yeah, train your legs, people. Do it. We'll talk about that a bit more in a sec, but we've got these questions here that we can ask right now. Yeah, so let's get into how how to pimp your training, uh, how is the most important part. But before we tell you how to pimp your training, there are a few things you need to establish. Firstly, what's your number one goal? So what do you really, 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 really want to achieve more than anything? What is your, like we know that you want to get fit, healthy, strong, those things that we all want. But if you could take them all away and just have one, what would it be? And then that is where we need to direct your pimping into <laughs> we, we kind of can't pimp everything all at once and, sure. and change everything you know so yeah what's your number one goal so keep keep mindful of your number one goal when we're talking about you know pimping your training because that that's really where, we, where you want to target uh, number two is what is keeping you stuck so what is stopping you progressing in the moment what is it that's stopping you getting results and it, it may be one thing it may be many things it could be procrastination we're just putting it off uh, I've talked to some people that really don't want to be sore they're like I just got really really tired of having really sore legs and so they've kind of put off training changing their program uh, it could be fear of, fear of failure it could be fear of success you know like I've worked with with um, people who have told me that they can't see themselves a certain way in their identity. It's just, it's almost scary for them to think of themselves as, you know, not overweight, for example. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about that in the past. So what is it holding you back? Is it a limiting belief? Is it a lack of knowledge? You just don't know how to change your program or you're looking online, but it's all a bit confusing. So Identify what it is that's keeping you stuck. And then what number three, what needs to change? So we need to establish what needs to change and what needs to stay the same because, like I said, we can't change everything all at once, all the time. Uh, how often should you change your program? Um, Tommy, what, what, do you, what method do you use in terms of changing someone's program? Um, I, if the person hasn't been training in you know through through my my way as such um for for a few months then i would just stick to four to six weeks but if it's someone who'd been training in, in this way with me four to six weeks for example um for you know six months to a year then i wouldn't shy away from giving them two or three week cycles also just to give them these these um short focuses these short shorter focuses for them to to focus on little things one by one cool and your plants predominantly fat loss uh, yeah, um, predominantly fat loss is is what I would be helping my clients, but I also have um, athletes and guys looking to increase their muscle size. Um, so it, yeah, I mean it can be applied to all three of those areas if you like, all three of those case studies. Um, but obviously, the rules within those those programs would change dramatically from from person to person. Mm, yeah. We talk about in the in the fitness industry your training age, I mean in how long you've consistently trained. Yep. And I mean really trained, like not I've been a gym member and I've come in and mucked around. It's like how long have you consistently come at least three times a week over you know, not just come, go on holiday, yeah, you know, get busy with work, like consistently trained. So counting actually the sessions can be useful because someone goes, Oh, I've trained for a year and you find out you know, they've missed weeks here and there, and actually they, they don't know how to properly squat and deadlift and, and do some of these lifts. So your training age is important. 
uh, when it comes to training, changing your program, the yeah. if you're a beginner, you don't need to change it as often, yep. and your body, you know, will keep adapting for for longer. Uh, obviously, uh, what I mean by that is your body's very smart; it adapts. Um, it adapts to what we give it, and, and as it gets more efficient, someone that's got an advanced training age, the body just gets sharp, and it doesn't. You know, it kind of goes so what after uh, just a short amount of time. Um, so for me personally, I I wait till I stop really getting that really good sore. You know that deep. Like I've got it at the moment. I trained. What are we Thursday? I trained on Monday, and I still have got that deep pain in my legs, like that achy. You know, every time I go to get up, it's just yeah. insane. It was it was awesome leg session, but yeah. So whenever I stop getting that, and it's just like kind of touch the sides, it's like oh yeah, I feel my legs, but it's yeah. You know, like, all right, time to change. And also, the other two factors is fat loss can be changed more often mm-hmm. than strength, or you know, some of your athletes obviously specific skill training. You can't just keep throwing different things at the body all the time, but fat loss. You know, you can do do more variety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's probably a more consistent process as well. I mean, it, you rarely get someone who says um, that they they only have around four to six weeks worth of fat loss left. You know, <laughs> yeah. as as kind of blunt as that sounds, you know what I mean? Like, whereas with an athlete, you might you might get a situation where they have four to six weeks before their next event. Yes. Yeah. yeah correct. Cool, cool. All right. How do we do it? How do we do it? Do we pimp our training? Do you want to start with um, the first point? Yes. Yeah, well, so uh, getting more bang for your buck. This yes. is point point one of how do you pimp your training? So getting more bang for your buck. So the effort that you put in and, and the results that you get out of it are often equal. They often relate very closely to each other. So the more effort you do put into your workouts, the more results you're going to get from those workouts. So getting more bang for your buck is making more of your time is optimizing your workouts, one area of it. But also I think getting more bang for your buck will be making sure that you have correct alignment with your nutrition, making sure that you've got, you've got your pre-workout and your post-workout nutrition sorted correct planned and in alignment with your training for example don't go into it what i would say naked don't go into it naked make sure that you've prepped beforehand so that you're organized and you know exactly when you finish that workout you've got that post-workout shake or you've got that post-workout snack ready for you to make the most out of it get more bang for your buck make sure that the equipment that you're using in the gym is giving you exactly what you need so for example if you're training in a gym where they haven't got the equipment that ideally you would want then make sure that you can get as close to what you need to do as possible you know that there's a lot of exercises you can use use your imagination but essentially the risk here comes when you're perhaps using a smith machine for example instead of using a squat rack now it might not seem like there's much difference between those two things but there absolutely is so getting more bang for your buck is making sure that everything with your training with your nutrition your recovery is planned and thorough and is exactly in alignment with what you're looking to achieve that's what i think about that one 
Yeah, good points. Yeah, getting, like like you said, squeezing as much out yes. of it as you can, you know, optimizing that workout. How can I burn more calories in this workout if it's fat loss? And when it comes to the exercises that you choose, for example, standing up or even standing on one leg and maybe doing something one arm compared to oh, exactly, yeah, sitting down or lying down, you know, you're going to get a lot more calorie burn. So unless you're specifically looking to increase your strength or increase, uh, you know, your muscle, if you're wanting to get conditioned and just tighter overall yeah. and um, yeah, drop some body fat, then how can you burn more calories in that same amount of time? And I use um, big compound lifts yes. rather than, you know, if you, if you want to lose fat, it's probably not wise to do six sets of bicep curls sitting down, for example, and, no. and have a, a minute and a half rest. Single arm. <laughs> yeah, what a waste of time that is. I mean, you can. there's so many more effective things you can do, and bringing in big lifts that burn a lot of calories, like your big major uh, compound lifts, for example. Uh, most, most of my clients I recommend... Um, we, you know, together we choose one or two big lifts for each of the major muscle groups. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, I'll get them building up to a front squat or um, a goblet squat where you're holding a weight in, mm-hmm. at the front. Uh, rear foot elevated lunge uh, are awesome. They're, they're so effective for hitting the glutes and yes. uh, the VMO, which is that nice teardrop muscle in your, in your quad. Um, very tough, if you, if, especially if you do them weighted. Mm-hmm. Um, deadlifts. Deadlift is the king, you know, that burns the most calories. I, I can't think of many things that beat it. Nope. Can you? Not not necessarily transitioning to more of the kind of powerlifting movements. True, yeah. Yeah. Maybe a you know, a clean a clean and press, um, with a you know, a big power clean and press. But essentially, a deadlift is a lot less com- complicated. So um, most people can can get on with a deadlift right from the get go. Yeah, they and they've just been so sorry. They use so many muscles. Um, some kind of press, like an incline press, and then usually a military press or some kind of overhead, you know, like a clean and press or a push press, something like that. Yeah. Uh, some some form of row and a chin up. So these big compound lifts where you, you know multi joints, and they're gonna really ma- maximize your workouts because you're using more muscles to yep. do them. Um. And most of your results will come from these fundamental lifts and, and practicing them regularly and then, yeah, focusing on progressively overloading them in some in some way over time. So the way we overload is, is either more weight, which is the obvious one, but there's all sorts of ways we can overload that you can do more reps, you can do more sets, you can have less rest, mm-hmm. you can bring in overload techniques, so a lot of the the bodybuilding overload techniques such as supersetting, yeah. triple sets, giant sets, and there's, there's so many um, ways we can do that. So think about, you know, what haven't I used lately in, in terms of your overloads? Um, yeah. Something I haven't done for ages is pyramids. I haven't done that for a long time. Pyramids think, are the, are the yeah. bomb. Yeah. You are? They're the bomb. They are the bomb. They're cool because they're engaging as well, aren't they? Like, you know that every set is going to feel different. So a pyramid set, guys, if you're not sure what that is, literally the shape of a pyramid would be the reps. So the the larger the reps, 
the lower you are on the pyramid. So as you progress through the sets, you do less reps until you get to maybe, I mean, most cases, the, the highest peak of a pyramid will be three reps, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, generally, it would be about three. I think one would be counterproductive, especially if you're training on your own. Um, so th three reps and then come back down the other side. Some people just do like a wedge. You know, they, they just go up to the, 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 the lowest reps, do the heavier weight and then stop. And that's fine. But pyramiding is great because it really does zap the muscle right at the end with that, that last high repetition set at the end again. Yeah. And then you can do it reverse as well. Yes. I, I used to do uh, 18, 12, 10, 8 or 18, 12, 6, those kind of things. Uh, 12, 10, 8, 6. Yep, and then yep. back up. Or, yeah. Like you say, half a pyramid where you're just climbing. Yeah, they are very engaging, tough. If, um, you know, I'll, sometimes people say, like, what what program should I do? Or I find myself writing a program for someone, um, perhaps if I'm covering a gym instructor shift, which does happen, you know, in my, you know owning the gym here. Sometimes if I'm short-staffed, I'll step in. Um, and I write a program for someone. And I often think to myself, man, that, that didn't take very long at all. But essentially, the program for, for anybody that's looking to transform their body um layer one kind of like base level stuff would be like you touched on just now the cornerstone lifts the cornerstone workout would be you, you know in, in no particular order but in some order um a deadlift a squat a bench press a shoulder press a row and then some kind of um vertical row whether it be a chin up if you've got the strength or a lat pull down um being you know the five cornerstone exercises if you like and then layering out from there sort of breaking it down more intricately from there and if the person's in a situation there where they're going to attend the gym regularly perhaps split that into two programs and layer in three or four exercises on each program that would help to overload that muscle progressively and if you if you can get your head around that listening to this one this this, this podcast now those kind of lifts don't really change that often. We just change the variables. We change the factors. And if you want to get more bang for your buck, especially on a fat loss journey, you know, so you want to burn fat, there are a couple of little cool things that you can do from my experience that I'd recommend. Number one is one week of a month, have what I call a, a whirlwind workout. Um, use the same program, but never stop. Never stand still. Never sit down unless it's a seated exercise, of course. So in other words, in between sets, move. Uh, skip, skip, or jog on the spot, or punch a punch bag, whatever it is you want to do, but just don't sit still or stand still. So we call it a whirlwind workout, because it's always, you're always moving, there's lots of energy, and it's there, and it's wow, and then it's gone. Okay, so once you finish, that's it. Um, another, thing that you, another thing that you can do is you can, a, great, a really great thing for, for changing shape and transformation, where you would be resting, do some abs. So, you know, you work your legs, you do some abs in between sets, back onto the legs. So you're shaping, you're toning your ab area. And obviously that gives us the visual feedback and we feel good because we're working on our abs. But also it's burning calories steadily in between sets rather than just standing still or sitting still. It would be unrealistic perhaps to do this every single week. So that's why we do this one week in a month. It's called the whirlwind week. We just keep moving in between sets. And that's something that perhaps you might want to adopt today. That's, that's cool. I love the, the name whirlwind. Um, the other option you could do is to do it once a week. Just do, you might do your heavies three days a week uh, or however you've set up your plan. And then one day a week, you just take the intensity uh, down slightly. But yeah, like, like Tommy said, just keep moving, don't stop. Uh, or you could 
you could, instead of doing three or four sets of the same thing, you could just do your same program in a circuit style. So you just yes. go bang, 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 each and go around that way. And so there's, there's all sorts of ways that you can juice that program before it changes. If you're working with a trainer who is changing your program every four to six weeks and you're doing it twice a week, for example, and you get bored after six or seven times, um, I always say to my clients, you know, try different different ways of doing things like mix things up before you get your next program. Just subtle changes. You know, maybe maybe you could change your grip. Um, yeah. Just slight, slightly change your grip. You know, hammer grip instead of underhand or overhand. Yeah. And you can change things like uh, if you're doing a, a barbell, you can change it to a dumbbell. Mm-hmm. Just simple little tweaks. Tempos as well. Help. Tempo, yeah. Just you could like the time under tension might be the same. Like you might still do forty-five seconds to to one minute of time, what we call time under tension. But instead of doing one second up, three down, you might. You might do two and two. You might do um, less reps but longer, yeah, longer tempos. There's, there's so many things you can change. Like there's no excuse to get bored. And so sometimes it's just sitting down with a piece of paper, and I do this sometimes. I'll go, mm, what, what haven't I done for a while, you know? Yeah. Uh, what, yeah, what could I bring back? That's The other day I did uh, up and down the rack. Mm-hmm. I hadn't done it for years, and you just start with the heaviest weight on the rack that you can possibly do more than a couple of reps for, yeah. and then you, you go the next way, and you just keep going down until you, you're basically like picking up a tiny dumbbell and can barely lift it, and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's the shame workout, yeah, it's like yeah. I hope no one can see me doing that. You did this <laughs> uh, similar thing last week, where... Um, I was training with a friend of mine and it was his first time. He was a guest in my gym um, and he's into his training a big time. And we were doing a a shoulders and arms workout. And to finish with the arms, sometimes I will, um, I like to think of it as like an induction process. I inducted him into a very uh, exclusive club called the Top Shelf Hero Club. And Top Shelf Hero is when you're doing biceps and right at the end of your workout, in our gym here, we've got um, Top Shelf is 12.5, 10, 7.5, 5, 2.5. So we start with the 12 and a halfs and we do standing bicep curls for 10. Super, it's a drop set. So um, 10 on 12 and a halfs, straight into 10 on 10s, straight into 10 on 7 and a halfs, and then 20 with the 5s. And then 20 with the 2.5s. And when you get to the 2.5s, <laughs> the rules are that you have to you have to move your arms as fast as possible. And almost almost as if you're trying to take off, right? So we're both stood there, like, almost crying in the mirrors, like, with these two and a halves, like, just trying to, you know, rep these two and a halves out. But we do Top Shelf Hero Extreme, which is after the, the 20 um, reps on the two and a halves, we bounce right back to the 12 and a half to do a final set of 10. And my God, it is a killer. If anybody wants to blitz their, their biceps at the end, try that. 10 on 12 and a half, 10 on 10, 10 on 7 and a half, 20 on 5, 20 on 2 and a half. So if you feel crazy enough, go back to 12 and a half and do another 10. My goodness, Ouch. What's, that must be close to 100 reps. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it probably yeah, is, actually. Um, wow, close that's to cool. It, yeah. Why not? Yeah, why would you not just try that? But these, I'm going to try it. Yeah, these little kind of things here, changing the variables. And we, we spoke about in, in this topic here how to pin your training. We've talked about how to get more bang for your buck. Changing the variables is more important. It's, it's very important um, before you change the whole program, perhaps. 
and also to ensure that you're doing those fundamentals just to make sure that you're staying in function and that you're staying in relative strength, you know, upper and lower body, your slings through your core and your back and everything else are getting, getting the attention that they need so that you're not missing them for weeks on end and therefore losing strength or losing function. Yeah, absolutely. And my final point on that is to make sure you're doing some kind of um, rotation because um, the transverse plane is the plane where we use the least. Like often in the gym, we're in the, you know, we do everything forward and, and frontal. We, we don't do a lot of lateral stuff yeah. generally. Yeah. So, yeah, any kind of lateral work you can get in, we need it for our legs, we need it for our core, and um, like bringing in things like wood chops. Um, you know, lunges out to the side, side hovers can be good, like just different angles of positioning our body rather than just always forward, especially if you do a lot of machine work, you know, to get out of the machines and get that functional work happening, get on the TRX, get, um, you know, on some, maybe some instability work, just training your body in a functional manner, not just sitting on machines that are going to detrain you over time. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I think we've we've covered everything. Yeah, I've really enjoyed this uh, this episode today. I hope that you've enjoyed it as well, Kat. Yeah, it's great. And it's more good. importantly, guys, we, we hope that you've enjoyed listening to this one on how to pimp your training. Uh, as always, we would love to engage with you on Facebook. Our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash transformation code be sure to give us a like and if you really want to give us a share and perhaps comment on one of us our posts there um also on the on the topic of commenting we'd love to hear your questions as well so if you have any questions on anything that you would like us to talk about um or if you want to hear from our special guest again i'm sure i can pull some strings i'm sure i can get him back in here um hey just let us know it would be great to hear from you I want to hear from him again. Well, who knows? You might hear from him at the end of this episode. Let's just wait and see. <laughs> nice. I'm going to do your, uh, what did you call it? Top Shelf Workout. Yeah, uh, Top Shelf Hero. Top Shelf Hero. I'm yeah. going to do that one. The ultimate yeah. dream is to do, uh, is to do Floorboard Hero. So in the, in, the, in the gym, we've got the heavier weights on the floor. So um, uh-huh. Floorboard Hero. It might have to be a chest press, though. I'm not going to lie. Mm, I don't think yeah. a bicep curl is going to happen with a um, with a, a 37.5 dumbbell yet. <laughs> maybe not. No. Mm-hmm. Might cause some injury. Yeah, maybe to, to me, someone else, or a hole in the floor, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Protect your gym floor, mate. Indeed. Hey, that was cool. Uh, thanks for listening, guys, and, and we'd love it if you would leave a review on, on uh, iTunes. Yes. Uh, even just a quick review would be would be awesome. We really appreciate it. And if you do like the podcast, um, we'd appreciate it if you share with your friends so we can keep spreading our transformation message. Absolutely. We appreciate all your support and help, and we hope that we can uh, yeah, keep doing this, and, and we will be. We'll be uploading more episodes in the near future, so stay tuned. So I think that's about it from me. Yeah, thanks everyone. Talk to you again soon. Take care everybody. Bye-bye. Hey y'all, it's me again. I snuck back into the studio. I just want to give you one last message. Hey, go get that training. Good luck with your training. Maximize your results. Pump that iron. Make sure you eat some good food. And hey, never back down from a good workout. Yo, peace! <laughs> A completely different person. <laughs>
I don't know what you're on about. I, it was someone else. It wasn't me. I, I was. What, what are you like? What's What's so funny? I was. I was out. I was out the room. I don't know what. Weird. I like the way you shouted at the end. Yo, peace. Oh, I did. I, that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs>